welcome to the Addiction Solution Podcast. I'm Michelle Dunbar. Mark Sheeran and I will be talking today about how people fully break free from the addiction and recovery trap. We, along with our colleague Stephen Slate, wrote the Freedom Model for Addictions, Escape the Treatment and Recovery Trap, and the Freedom Model for the Family. The Freedom Model offers a completely a different approach to addiction, and we offer a real solution. There are two ways to learn the Freedom Model in private one-on-one classes. That is at our beautiful private St. Jude Retreat and through our at-home Freedom Model private instruction program, which we do video via video conference. And we also now have a video series online program. Um, you can learn more about all of our programs at thefreedommodel.org and soberforever.net. Uh, today, Mark and I are going to talk about... Um, about creating your new self-image. We're going to talk about how people fully move past recovery as well, and you do that by creating a new self-image. Yeah, so this is one of those things that's very literal. And when I'm teaching class, I have people struggle, you know, to define how they're going to move forward, how they're going to move on. Uh, A lot of them will drift into replacing their drug and alcohol use with some other hobby or something which doesn't really work very well um, because it's not internally driven their preference their preference hasn't changed Um, and and a lot of times what helps um, build a framework in a person's mind is to see themselves in the future in their mind's eye as as something totally different and and when we put a name on a self-image a new self-image for instance mine when I was 19 and I was leaving my hometown and I was leaving my drunken past behind, I engaged in this idea in my mind that I was uh, the good citizen. And I've talked about this in lots of podcasts, but um, I literally said to myself, I've never really been a good citizen. So if I do the opposite of everything that I've ever done, I'll probably get an opposite result. That was my theory. And I put it into practice. And so I started... Uh, I'll never forget it. The, the 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 last fourteen dollars I had in my pocket. I went down to a barber shop in Troy, New York, and I got a haircut, and I looked like a good citizen, right? And I started behaving as if this was my new identity. Now, for years, at that point, six years, I had a self image of an alcoholic. That's how I framed myself as an individual, which is really, really degrading and unproductive, but but it was self-fulfilling prophecy, right? We are what we think we are. And if you think you're an alcoholic, well, my God, you'll become that. You'll feel powerless. You'll feel miserable. You'll feel led by the drugs and the alcohol. I didn't want to feel that way anymore, so I became the good citizen. So putting a name on it is powerful. And I found that a lot of my guests are, it, it helps pull together all these different concepts about preference change. And, and this idea... Uh, not in the Christian sense, but this idea in the psychological sense that you're a new creation. You're seeing yourself as a different human being. Wow, you stopped that and I I was daydreaming. <laughs> That's what happens. On a podcast, you can get away with that because you're like, you, there's no camera on you. So you're like, oh, da, da, da. like I'm just drifting off. I'm already in vacation mode. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so for me... Myself, my new self-image. We, Mark and I, actually, this is something you should know. Um, when we both 
separately kind of did this. We didn't know each other. Like when I quit drinking, well, I had met you, but we had never really. Yeah, talked. we weren't. We weren't uh, like in any way friends at that point. No, yet. no. Right. As a matter of fact, I thought he was a, an ass. So, <laughs> <laughs> for for some reasons. But anyways, um, yeah, I wasn't like these guys were all sober guys, and my dad had you know taken them in and and uh into my childhood home and my parents were divorced and so so there it was a very strange strange situation um but but i had certain resentments against these guys because my dad treated them a lot better than he did me but yeah (laughs) but anyways um but i had decided when i quit drinking i figured out a new self-image for myself too because when i i I had this identity of an alcoholic and an addict. And, you know, with when you're a woman and you're that, there's a whole lot more that goes with it. Um, and so my self-image became that I wanted to become the marrying kind. Like I, there was a whole lot of my my grandmother, my father, my mother, you know, would say things like, you know, you keep talking like that. You're never going to find a husband. Like in the eighties, that was the end all be all right. Yeah, you need yeah, to find a husband, yeah. but to, well, that was that last vestige of that kind of uh, social construct. In yeah, America. yeah, exactly. If you keep behaving that way. And, and so my goal was at least to become a respectable woman and which I, I didn't, I didn't see myself that way um, based on my behavior. So, so when, you know, and then so as time goes on, I quit drinking and I changed a whole lot of other things about myself to try and, and fulfill that self image. And I did this all pretty much without writing it down. I mean, I just had it in my mind and knew what I wanted to do, knew what I wanted to become. But I also had a person I was emulating. Um, and that was my grandmother. Like she was incredibly strong and um, smart but kind and loving and I I mean she just like if there was I I can't I can't say a bad thing about her I mean she was always very loving with us but we always respected her yeah yeah well it's interesting too um so I had this this guest that just came through the retreat here and he spent four weeks with us and we got to the self-image chapter the constructive self-images and then I said listen and this isn't in the book, this topic that we're discussing right now really isn't formalized in the book, but it's going to be in the second edition. I said, you need to put a name on this this person. And so for class the following day, I want you to write down a name of who you're going to be. And it should emulate everything that you want to be as you go home. And so he came back the next day. We'll say his name is Tom. And I said, listen, Tom, do you have your your new self-image and he said yes but it's an imaginary character on tv and it was a, it's a show that i absolutely love which is star trek next generation and it's john luke picard and he goes and, and i said i said why did you pick that and he goes well i'm sort of a a ceo type you know i'm an executive and i i think about the fact that he doesn't care what other people think mm. He's okay with himself. He's sort of stoic. He's got that dry sense of humor that I have. He was talking about himself. And he goes, but really, it's how he makes decisions. 
and I'd like to to be less reactive, more thoughtful. And I said, okay, so this is what you're going to do when you return home. If that's going to be your new self-image, when you get stuck, when you start to freak out, when you start to react, you literally have to say, what would Jean-Luc Picard do? What would I do? Because that's who I am. And I did the same exact thing when there was a time one time where where Jer was working with a a couple of his guests and I was one of them and we were at a diner and a guy was making fun of me publicly and just picking on me and I thought you know what I'm gonna take this chair and now in the old days I would have done this I (laughs) I, I created some serious scenes I I said I'm gonna take this chair and I'm gonna walk up behind him and hit him over the head with it and just flatten his ass you know and for whatever reason I didn't do it and and really what it was was my self-image had changed I just didn't have a name on it yet and and then I then I thought actually at that time I did have the name I said you know what what a good citizen isn't going to do this you know I mean Jesus Christ I I can't be getting arrested right you know um, and that stopped me from doing it and that's sort of overt but there were a lot of things like that like I would have a propensity to exaggerate and lie and tell stories and I said you know I can't be lying I don't want to lie anymore I don't want to be that guy it's embarrassing. And I'm just full of shit, and I'm tired of it. It's exhausting. Um, so I was telling these stories to this fella, and he's like, this is really good for me, you know, because now I have a framework to say, this is what represents me changing. And I said, that's it, Tom. That, that's exactly it. And it's, it's, you, you apply it practically. You don't, this, isn't, this is applied science. This isn't some esoteric thing. Oh, my, you know, I'm Jean-Luc Picard. We all know you're not. <laughs> but he loved the show so much that he had some concept now in his head of how to decision make, you know, what choices to make, how not to react. And, and having an icon in our mind, a physical icon in our mind's eye is huge for a lot of things. And I, I really worked hard at being good with people, at working hard, having a great work ethic, like a good citizen. All of a sudden, I was voting. I got my license back. I took care of all my charges, the felonies and stuff that were against me. A good citizen, right? I loved the fact that civically, I was able to vote. And I loved the fact that I had cleaned up the mess at college when I had assaulted one of the RAs and hit him in the face with a bear can, which was not good. Um, I had to take care of those charges. There's a whole bunch of stuff that I had to take care of. And when all that was cleaned up, I felt like a different guy, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, why are we talking about this? I mean, you know, the freedom model is all about become like solving a substance use problem, but it's also about so much more. It's about setting yourself free completely. It's about opening your mind to the possibilities for your life. There are a lot of people when they come to the retreat or we work with them on Zoom, they cannot imagine their life without alcohol or without the substance that they love they know they've gotten to a point where they're um where they don't they don't seem to like it as much anymore but they cannot envision a future a happy future without it and so so that's I mean the key to solving a substance use problem is to come to the realization that I am happier without this substance in my life right now or or figuring out a way to be happier without it and, and we're not talking about replacing your substance use with something else, some other habit or some other um, activity. Um, we're talking about if, there's, if you can't imagine 
you know, a future, a happy future without it, you're probably going to keep struggling. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really about changing for yeah, real, for real, you know, and it, it, having a new self image and then acting in accordance with that new self image, the actions are what matter. It, so you're taking this icon in your mind, this representation of who you want to be, and then you fulfill it. And when you do that, what you've done is you have, you have essentially moved on. You're not replacing, do you see the difference? You're not replacing your drug habit by doing some meaningless meeting or working out at the gym, wishing you could go stuff a bunch of cocaine up your nose. That's not, that's not what we're doing here. What we're doing is becoming a different person, moving in a different direction and just moving on, moving your life forward instead of looking back, constantly feeling deprived. So when, when you have this new self image, it literally drives you to new heights. It drives you in a completely different direction. And you have to understand, I, I was the kind of person that was so insecure and like a live wire, like a raw nerve all the time. And people either loved to be with me or they hated it because it, it almost always turned into some sort of dramatic shit show. And being a good citizen, I valued stability. And I started just, and even though I was still a live wire, I, I took all that energy as a good citizen and I moved it into, okay, I'm gonna put it into work. I'm gonna put it into working out. I'm gonna put it into learning new things. I'm gonna read books I ordinarily would never read. Science books, books, novels, things that, that as a drunk, I wouldn't have even, I wouldn't have even thought of, you know? History, I didn't know anything about history. I didn't know anything about politics. Um, I knew basically how to party, how to swindle people, and some basic shit about motors and, you know, and motocross and fighting. That's, that was my skill set. Um, and here I was as the good citizen, and part of that was I'm a, I'm a learner. I'm somebody that, that teaches myself things, skills. So your self-image can be anything, anything under the sun, but you really have to decide who do I want to be for real. Now, when you get this icon in your mind, it will drive you. You just have to constantly remind yourself of, I am this person. I am this new creation. I'm moving forward. I'm moving on. And uh, and it's fun. Yeah, and, and keep in mind, it, Mark just said it. I mean, whatever you want to do is totally up to you. Um, you know, there's... The, you have to live with you in the end. So so make sure that whatever your self-image is, it's what you want and not what others may want for you or not what you're projecting somebody wants for you. Um, you know, for me, I really did want to become a respectable woman. I really did want to become a very productive member of society and somebody my parents could be proud of. That was all very important to me. But it may not be important to you. Being a good citizen may not be important to you. So we're not, you know, there's not there's not judgment here. There's not, you know, certain goals that are worthy or certain self-images that are more worthy than others. It really just depends on what you want and and really sitting down and and thinking maybe think is there somebody in my life I want to emulate somebody that I'm close to or or think you know look at out in the world like Jean-Luc Picard you know look out in the the world of media and see if there's somebody out there a character in a story or you know if if you struggle with that because I'm somebody that did kind of need 
to look for someone who had the qualities that I wanted to emulate. Yeah, that's a that's a really good point. So so my favorite band out there is Rush, right? And and I was I was watching an interview when they were uh, up and coming, and they had just put out an album called Farewell to Kings, which was a pretty wild wild record. And there's this particular this one interview I'd never seen this before, where they're they're interviewing the singer. His name is Getty Lee, and Alex, the guitarist, is sitting next to him, and they're fa- they fell asleep during the interview. They're they're literally nodding out, not from drugs, but they were so exhausted from the schedule. And then the interviewer asked, you know, when when are you going to stop touring? And Getty's like, I don't know. He's as he's falling asleep and nodding out and rubbing his face. He's like, I don't know when it's done, man. When it's done. Mm-hmm. And and I I thought about these guys living in a bus all those years. Oh, Lord. And then there was a second interview where. They said that they, and this is more to the point, and I'll bring these two stories together, where they said, you know, in the, in the younger years, we would drink before we would play because we thought we were supposed to do that. We'd smoke some weed, we'd drink, and, and he goes, but our music is so complex, it's, it really doesn't jive very well. <laughs> and so we had to stop doing that, and so we would be on the road with these other bands, and these other bands would be partying up in the hotels, and and the bands then they were interviewing the bands in the same docuseries and uh one of the band leaders is like oh there's rush you know they're they're hanging out in their 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 uh hotel room reading literature <laughs> right right all right <laughs> Ooh, they're fucking wild guys they're wild man. <laughs> but but uh but getty alex and neil they they're you know a three-man band they had figured out and uh this is what he said it was always about the music, man, you know? And for them, that was their self-image, and it paid in droves, in absolute droves. And then you have these, uh, there's a point to this, and, I'll, and I will get there. And then there was this band we all know as Kiss, right? They are everything that is absurd in rock and roll, all wrapped <laughs> up into one band. But the difference is they are total believers. They are completely committed to the absurd circus that is kiss and because they are totally committed 100 percent believers dead serious about it. it's hilarious it's like a cle- <laughs> they are every cliche of rock and roll wrapped up in like one the, name. the 80s 70s and 80s rock and roll yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally the makeup the, the you know the pyrotechnics <laughs> the shitty music all of it and uh <laughs> and yet here they are you know rocking and rolling for 50 years right you know and and Rush had forty five years, so so you get the point. The point is they have a self image that they believe in, and it really doesn't matter what yours is. Just believe in it and know in your heart this is who I want to be. Now, I'll tell you, for six years I wanted to be a drunk because that was my self image, and Me for too. four of it it was a hell of a lot of fun. The last two years were wretched, so. I had to grow out of that and I had to form a new one. And to be proactive is no different than Rush or Kiss or or whatever, a great race car driver, whatever, your father, your mother, whatever person you want to emulate that you look out and they say, you know, they did it. They had their own thing that they were doing. They were their own people and they had decided how to be happy and they did it. And uh, I think that when I, when I came to grips with that, I just want to be happy. I want to be a good citizen. Michelle said, I want to be the marrying kind, you know, basically what we're saying is we wanted the chaos to stop. Yes, I was, I really, 
I wasn't sure I could ever live with that boring life where you, where you, you know, get up, you go to work, you come home, you feed the kids, you clean the house, you go to bed. Like, I'm like, can I ever be happy with that? Well, yeah, I, I figured out how to be happy with that. And so, you know, a lot of times people think, yeah, Mark and Michelle were young. We were young. He was in his late teens. I was in my early 20s um, when we changed. And we do work with a lot of people now that are that didn't start drinking until they were older. Mm-hmm. And, and what Mark said is right. When you become a heavy substance user, you do take on that self-image. That is who you are. That's who you believe you are. And especially if you go to treatment or you go to AA and then you've internalized that identity even further um, and you really do feel powerless and out of control. And it is just a matter of making a decision that I don't want to, you know what? I'm going to reject that self-image of the addict and the alcoholic and and I'm going to do something different now. Yeah. You know, you can do that at any age. I mean, I've seen people reinvent themselves repeatedly throughout their lives. And and I've had to even even as an adult far away from being a substance user have had to kind of adjust my self-image as I've gotten older. Yeah, the I don't have the good citizen. That's not how I define myself today. No. As a matter of fact, I I'm not even sure I I ha- I don't have one written down now, which is odd for me. Um, I'm just happy because I know what I like, Yeah, you know, and I've built myself into the person that I like. I don't care about what other people think predominantly. I mean, I, obviously the people that are close to me, I care. Um, but, uh, but life is just good. I'm at a spot where I am stable and I've also learned to mix in some crazy too. (laughs) Um, cause I think we all need as men to get our Tarzan on. And I think for women, they need to get their groove on in one way or the other. Um, I think that that's important too. Uh, It finds its place. There's a time and a place for every type of behavior out there. If you want the license to misbehave, you can have that. It does. You don't need booze and drugs. That's not a requirement. And you also don't have to destroy your life for the license to misbehave or to feel um, different. You know, that's what vacations are all about. That's what Vegas is for, Mm -hmm. right? Or Mardi Gras or whatever. For me, I, I I do something really wild. I go up north and I go hunting. <laughs> <laughs> he did yesterday. Yes, I did, <laughs> and uh, it was a hell of a lot of fun. So, um, I think it's I think it's just important to know who you want to be, you know. Yeah. And, and get there. Yeah, and you don't have to know the details. You can. And that's why we talked about like I didn't really know the details when I thought about it. I. When I was first changing my self-image and even in recent years um, with having to shift things around because I went from being a full-time mother, you know, to my kids leaving. Really a career woman. Yeah. I mean, I was career, full-time mother and full-time career. And um, once the kids were gone, it was a weird adjustment. I had to make adjustments. Um, And so you have to do that throughout your life with all kinds of different things. And you will, with different ages, reinvent yourself. For instance, I can't be as wild as I used to be physically because I, at one point I had a really screwed up back and legs and all kinds of issues. And the reality that I'm older is, is real, you know? And and so my self image of this wild and crazy uh, you know, physically apt guy had to change. And that, and there's other things that change too. I just don't care about the shit I used to care about. So right. your, your likes and your dislikes will change as well. See, alcohol and drugs is 
that we've created such a iconic oh, desire so for them. It's such it's so it's so overblown that we believe that 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 issue never goes away, and that's not true. It's just like any other habit or part of our life; it can change, and your preference for it can definitely change and mutate uh, with with your simple desire to do that to change it. Yeah, we can see that when people open their mind to the possibility that they can change that preference. I see that all the time now in in the Freedom Model group, our group online. You know, when people talk about that, they're like, holy cow, Like you guys are so right that alcohol isn't that great. It's not that great anymore. And and it doesn't do the things for me I thought it did. And I don't, it's boring. And there, once you open your mind and because sometimes you keep a habit going beyond its lifestyle. Yeah, it's the, li- life lifespan. Span. I couldn't think. Yeah, of the and and you just keep it going because that's you think this is what I've always done, so I right. have to just keep doing it. Right. Um. And I I had somebody I had a one of my students online quit like she quit cold turkey drinking before she started class with me, and one of her kids wanted her to quit drinking so she could see the grandchildren and um and she she had drank her whole life she's 70 years old and had drank the same way her whole life um but this but the son had gone into recovery and then he was like hey you're you have a problem and so she quit drinking and she after six weeks of doing classes with me she the whole time she was not drinking she was like it's not that great like my life is so good without it I can't believe I just just never occurred to me that I could like I could just stop. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I yeah. could just stop and change that way. And she was like, I'm not sure I'll ever go back to it. She's like, she knows she can. Um, but she's like, I you know, I don't I don't think I you know, I've done everything in the last six weeks that I thought I needed alcohol for and didn't miss it. Yeah. Yeah. That's when you just grow out of it. You age out. Yeah. Yep. Yep. It can happen even at 70 years old. Sure can. We've seen it many hundreds of times. Yes. Yes. All right. I think we've covered that today. So um, that is a actually a totally, it's going to be a new lesson. We'll add it eventually to the online program. Um, so if you haven't checked out the online program, we have now a series of videos. We had somebody ask us, and I'm just going to throw it out there because we've had a couple people ask us about the 23 days videos that are up on YouTube. We have taken those down because the online program is far more detailed. It has additional content. Um, and it is, if you really want to do the freedom model program, that's the way to do it. Yeah. And I mean, you're going to, the 23 days was something we did because COVID emptied our house and the government made it so that, you know, nobody could come for a matter of three months. Yeah. We were suddenly tossed into a socialist state, which was totally bizarre. Um, so we did it on the fly. I mean, it was, uh, (laughs) yeah, we were doing a full hour lesson, you know, uh, an entire chapter. Impromptu in 23 days straight. And I would build the lessons that day. Yeah. It was wild. Um, but it was rough. And when we did that, I said, let's, let's finally, we had been talking about the online program for a long time. I said, let's just get it done. And, and it's much more comprehensive. You get all the material, you get the audio book, you get the workbook series, you get, um, all these downloadable features uh, yeah. it's 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 23 days on steroids it, it's not even for sure comparable. it's it's 
like 65 video lessons. It has so much additional content and um, it's really uh, just a, a great product. Um, and we are working on getting a payment plan for it so it's affordable for everyone. Yep, they're going to do like 10 equal payments, monthly payments, and they can ding your card and make it easy for you. Yeah, yep. So so, so that's what we have available. Um, we still have all the, you know, the free content that we have out there, this podcast we do every week. We, we're going to have our Facebook Live now every other week. And this, this week coming up, I don't know when this is probably going to be released on Monday or Tuesday this week, but Tuesday, the 28th at noon is our first, uh, Freedom Model International seminar. And, um, and we'll have those every other week and they're free. And those seminars are specifically addressing, um, we're going to dismantle the 12 step paradigm, Alcoholics Anonymous. We're going to give you the history where all the myths came from. And then we're going to pit that in every single seminar. We're going to pit whatever myth that AA has provided the public and hurt them with. Uh, we're going to pit that against personal autonomy. And we're going to show that that the actual solution is your own mind. You don't need meetings. You don't need uh, sponsors. You don't need recovery. You don't need any of that to move on with your life. So we will dismantle AA and then build you up. Yes, exactly. We're going to replace AA with freedom. That's right. That's what we're going to do. All right. Thank you so much for listening today. If you or someone you know is seeking help for a substance use problem or another habitual behavior, or you want help breaking free and moving past recovery as well, you can reach us at 1-888-424-2626 or through our websites, thefreedommodel.org, leaveaddictionbehind.com, and soberforever.net. Freedommodel.org is our hub, and you can get a bunch of free resources there, including um, videos, these podcasts, ebooks. You can also get digital editions of our books, The Freedom Model for Addictions and The Freedom Model for the Family, um, for free by entering coupon code FREEDOM100 at checkout. You can get that on thefreedommodel.org. Um, follow us on social media, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, and subscribe to the Freedom Model YouTube channel. We have three Facebook groups we started for people to discuss their experiences, breaking free from addiction and recovery. They are the Freedom Model Group, Moving Beyond Addiction and Recovery, and Families Moving Beyond Addiction and Recovery. And there are some great Leaving AA and Deprogramming from AA groups on Facebook as well. From everyone here at the St. Jude Retreat and the Freedom Model, we wish you well. Until next time. I have one thing to tell you, that that if uh, you're looking for the Freedom Model online program, that's it at thefreedommodel.org. If you want to sign up for the free Freedom Model International seminars where we're dismantling AA, invite your friends. We want to create a movement with that. We want to get rid of the 12 steps. That also can be found at thefreedommodel.org. Yes. Yes. Thank you, everybody. All right. Bye.